So I was going through some notes. I'm a, quite an avid note taker, as you might imagine. It's another great way of getting what's in my head out of my head. But with the podcast, that's also a great way of getting what's in my head out of my head. And it's, it's fantastic. I've said it before. I'd say it again. I highly recommend that everybody and anybody do it. You don't have to publish it, but just get what's in your head out of your head, whether you write it down on paper or you commit it to a recording or whatever the fuck it is. There's endless benefits in just articulating your thoughts because as I've said numerous times at this stage, I'm firmly of the opinion that your thoughts are like farts. You don't know what they're going to sound like or smell like for that matter until they come out. Plus, if you don't get a thought out of yourself, we as humans have a propensity and an attraction to, for some weird reason, endlessly cycling the same shit over and over and over again. Like you, your internal monologue will repeat the same thing over and over and over again and you won't bat an eyelid. But if you did that out loud and other people heard you, they'd think you were a fucking lunatic. And I think over time, if you get used to letting things out, whether it's on paper or in a recording, you're that bit less inclined to cycle over things or you're more inclined to have the awareness to notice that you're cycling these thoughts now i was going through notes and i came across this one and i'm just going to rhyme it off so it's bullet pointed so the first one was freshly mowed lawns then it was tidy bedroom sorting out quote that drawer in your house cleaning out the shed wearing nice clothes looking like a new pin you know, being a sharp dresser and making a good first impression, having a neat haircut, having your hedges clipped tight so they're fucking geometric, having spotless floors, clean windows, tidy car, tidy boot, whatever the fuck it is. And the note at the end is there's very little difference, if any, between the outside and the inside. And the final note then is how you do anything is how you do everything. And I'm not great at... At wearing nice, at the wearing nice clothes part of it, I don't think visually I tend to make a good impression. Now, it depends on what the circumstance is. If I'm just in the shop on the way home from work and you bump into me, or if, if, I, if you just bump into me randomly in traffic or in a shop when I'm going about my day, odds are I'm in work gear. I'm in work gear because I'm kind of always working. Now, if I'm having a meeting with a new potential buyer or a new customer or whatever it is, Sharp as fuck, like, sharp as fuck, fucking T's crossed, eyes dotted, the car's washed, I'm in my fucking best suit and all the rest of it. That's different, I can I can make an effort fucking on cue. But generally speaking, I'm not great at coming across as though I have my shit together, maybe. Now, you might ask fucking what harm, but then again, I'm talking about other people's perception of me. And surely your own perception of yourself is more important. And it is, of course it is. What you think of yourself is far more important than what anybody else thinks of you, or at least it should be. But as I mentioned yesterday, I have those voices in my head, you know, don't be weird, don't be picking up dead animals off the road, don't be doing all this fucking crazy shit. What will people think? Not all of that is bad. Not all of it's good. Most of it's bad, you could argue. But it has a utility. And whether you hear the voice or not, you feel it. So 
I reckon that I'm at a disadvantage because I don't give a fuck. All my clothes have holes in them. All of them. You know, with the exception of the suits that I wear to work and weddings and funerals and things like that. All my other clothes have cuts or they're faded or there's threads hanging out of them or whatever. Because I don't give a fuck. And it's not something that I invest a lot of time in. It's not something I have any interest in. It's a, it's a surface thing. It doesn't really matter. And for the most part it doesn't. But I'm beginning to think that it matters enough for it to be addressed. Because... Every time I catch myself in the mirror or every time I bring in dirt into the house on my shoes. Any time that I'm at a disadvantage because of the way I, I conduct myself. Whether I meet somebody and I'm like, oh, in, in my head I'm like, oh fuck, I wish I wasn't covered in fucking compost or whatever it is talking to this cunt. Every time that happens it... It leaves a little kind of psychological scar. Not even a psychological scar, more of a psychological scratch. And these obviously compound over time. It's been ages actually since that even popped into my head, that idea. That that idea that things that go wrong for us leave little psychological scratches and these things compound over time. But it also feeds into something else that I've said before, which is this idea that we should we should be creating the conditions in order for us to thrive in. We should be generating the conditions for success. And there's a flip side to that specific thing that I haven't mentioned before, and it's essentially abolishing or destroying the conditions for failure. So one way of generating the conditions for success in relation to our appearance would be for me to go out and buy some nice clothes. And not even, not I don't mean nice fancy fucking clothes, but just replace the clothes that I have with clothes that don't have fucking holes in them for a start. That would be generating the conditions for success would be buying those clothes. Now, abolishing and destroying the conditions for failure would be getting rid of the old clothes. Whether I give them to somebody or I fucking recycle them or whatever the case may be, but you get rid of them to fuck. It's like one way of creating the conditions for success is to fill your house full of nutritious food. And in the same respect, a good way of abolishing or destroying the conditions for failure is to get rid of all the shit that's in your house that you know you shouldn't be eating anyway. And I love when this happens. I, I love when you have two, three, four, ten different thoughts. And they're all great in and of themselves. But then when you think about them collectively, they all kind of knit together. You know you're on a fucking winner when something like that happens. So just here now, I've I took generating the conditions for success and I created destroying the conditions for failure so that's that's one piece parsed the other one then that I've spoken about before is that there's very little difference between the outside and the inside so when your lawns are mowed and your windows are clean and your floors are clean and your wardrobe and that drawer is sorted that's good for your mind okay there's very little difference if any between the outside and the inside and then the third one is how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's to do with how people perceive you. It's not only to do with how people perceive you, but it's certainly, it's about how other people perceive you and it's how you perceive yourself. Because we are consciously aware of the things that we do, but we're also unconsciously aware of the things that we do. So you might be consciously aware that smoking is bad for you, but you're unconsciously aware that you fucking love it. And you know, replace replace smoking with 
you know, pick your poison, whether it's drinking or taking pills in a nightclub or whatever the fuck it is, being a lazy fuck. And framing is actually another one that I can I can lump in here. The way we frame things or our, our perspective on things. So the way I've been framing what I wear on a day-to-day basis for my entire life is, you know, who gives a fuck? Like, it's it's inconsequential, and anybody who thinks less of me because I dress in workwear and not in fucking suits and ties all the time, well, then fuck them. But another way of looking at that is we shouldn't judge the book by its cover, but there's a reason so much money, time, and effort is put into the cover of books. Because the success of a book... Like, books live and die by their fucking title, their subtitle, and the colour and shape of them as much as they do their content. And what this, what all of this has me thinking of is another list, me that loves me, that list that I'm compiling at the minute. And that list is um, off-the-lead-isms, for want of a better term. So I'm after pulling it up here on my phone and... This isn't extensive by any stretch of the imagination, but you'll get the fucking, you'll get the gist, you'll get the sentiment. That last sentence could be added to this. But anyway, broad sweeping generalization alert. There's savage utility in it. Here's one for you. But anyway, I digress. And on that note, I'll chat you soon. God has been stripped out of it. I actually haven't said that one in a while. Um, what I'm striving to get across in this River Valley civilization. Nailed it. This ain't no degree course. And there's a whole other host of things that I tend to rhyme off. If I've left an important one out there, you'll get me on 89 60 47 888. But again, as I said, those things are, you know, off the lead isms. They're just little catchphrases that have I was about to say that I've that I've come up with, but I never really came up with them, not consciously anyway. They just they seem to be recurring, and that is what makes them onto the list. I never, set, I never set about to make that list. That list has come out of the wash. I can fucking add come out of the wash on that fucking list as well. But what I must do is, is stick down, is start writing another list, which is basically the things, all these little component parts of my narrative, I suppose, of my ideology. So I, I harp on a lot about um, perspective and framing. They kind of go hand in hand. Relativity is another thing, things being relative to, to other things. There being no difference between the outside and the inside. There's a whole host of different things that I, I after rhyming off two or three of them there, but there's a load more things, things that I regularly say, but they're not just kind of catchphrases. They're not off the lead isms that I that I listed off there a minute ago. I don't know what the, I don't know what the umbrella term for them is, but you can. What I often do is, or what I often end up doing is, I'll write a list of things first. And then I'll try and think of the umbrella term. I think that's a, a more accurate way because if you think of a fancy umbrella term, you'll end up putting things in that fit under the umbrella as opposed to making a genuine list and then trying to find the term that's appropriate to encapsulate them all or to at least cover them all. Because once such a list was made, I'd be able to see how well they all stitched together. Because I suppose each each one of those things, whatever those things are, they're data points to my to my own personal ideology. And if I can organise them, if I can put my data information, I might be able to extract a narrative from it. Because I'd love to have a concise 
30 seconds on what my ideology is. Because I sure as shit have one. We all have one. But it's not mad to think that we're all driven by an ideology. And that for the most part, A, most of us don't know that, full stop. And B, those of us that remain who are fully aware of it and well aware that we're driven by an ideology, couldn't describe that ideology concisely. I mean, we all have a vague idea of who we are and what we stand for. But it's not until you actually go and fucking try and write it down that you realise how vague it is. Because we're we're more than happy to just live by, oh yeah, no, I've, I've got a good enough handle on myself. I, I think I know myself pretty well. But that's where it stops. We don't investigate ourselves past that point. And with good reason, because it's kind of destabilising to realise you're not sure of your own ideology. It's a lot easier to just kind of go, oh yeah, no, I have a fair idea of where I am, and just drown out. But when you actually fucking pin your flags to the mast, as the expression goes, me that loves my little sayings, I don't think that was on the list either. But when when you force yourself into a position whereby you have to explicitly and concisely formulate your own thoughts and ideas when you when you do that you might necessarily like what's in front of you like it's it's challenging it's it's very easy to be kind of vague about yourself it does a does a payoff to being vague about yourself especially when you think about your future self like trying to understand who you are now is hard enough but trying to understand who you're going to be in the future is harder again and another thing that I harp on endlessly about or have harped on endlessly about is this idea of trajectory. You know, where you're going. It's like because the direction in which you're going and whether that's, you know, towards an elevated position or a fucking, a, a downward spiral, basically. The difference between the two of those is the difference between somebody with a good life and somebody with a bad life. And another reason, I suppose, why people don't like thinking forward and don't like wondering what type of a trajectory that they're on is A, they might be on a bad one and they don't really want to admit it, which is the fucking worst thing ever. Because if you can't look at your future because it's too depressing, I've got news for you. You've no idea how bad it's going to get because worse is a very deep, deep fucking hole. And another secondary payoff, I suppose, of sorts, in not planning your future or not thinking about where you're going to be in five or ten years' time, if you have a vagueness about that, then there's no corrective mechanism. So if you say to yourself, this time next year, I expect to be here, wherever here is, it's different for everyone. And you keep track of that. And in 12 months time, you're not there. And maybe you're nowhere near there. That's a big wake up call. That's like, fuck. I thought I'd be somewhere better than here by this time. I have to address my life basically. Because I'm expecting to be here this time next year. But I'm not going to be. Because the best predictor of future performance is past performance. But if you've kept yourself really vague. You never really have to think about those two. You never have to think about this kind of thing too much. Because it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, just going with the flow, see how we are, la, 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 la. You know, what will be, what what will be, will be, que sera, sera, all that jazz. And look, maybe for most of us, that's fine. But it's certainly not fine for me, and I would argue that it's probably not fine for the type of person that 
listens to me on a regular basis. Do you know what I mean? That kind of introspective... Not, I was going to say introspective, more insightful. Not more insightful, but certainly more introspective, more thoughtful. Because if you're not introspective and you're not thoughtful, you're going to be bored as balls listening to me harp on endlessly about the things that I harp on endlessly about. And what's coming out of the wash here for me is it's it's something to add to my to-do list and it's to make a list of the main things that I tend to talk about with the idea of putting them in front of me and maybe coming up with an umbrella term for them. And who knows, they could be fucking, they could be chapters in a book, they could be podcast episodes, they could be blogs, they could be fucking anything. Because the way I conceptualise this whole off the lead thing, or the way I've been conceptualising it of late, is that it's it's practice. And it's, it's me showing my work, essentially. And I'm giving it away for free. But I would imagine when I get it down on paper and I painstakingly go over every fucking sentence of it, if it was going to be, let's say, a book, I'm not giving that away for free. Like, Jesus Christ. Like... I don't want to starve, thanks. So in, in closing, that's what's come out of the wash of this episode. It's 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 something for me to do. It's some it's a it's a list that I'm gonna start writing immediately as soon as I hit or I was gonna say as soon as I stop recording, but as soon as I get this up and do the blurb and get the image and get all that out of the way and get it uploaded, scheduled for upload tomorrow. Once all that's done, I'm gonna set about making my list. Not of the not of the catchphrases that I rhyme off every so often but of the, the types of things that I generally talk about, the things that I keep, the things that keep coming back, because it's not intentional. I, I would never have the next four or five days of what I'm going to talk about mapped out. For the most part, it's fucking, fuck, it's five o'clock, I don't have anything uploaded for tomorrow, I better put my finger out and start talking. And there's a, there's a beauty to that. Now, like most things, it's fucking, it's double-edged. So I, I suppose I, I work... I was about to say I work better under pressure, but I don't know how I don't know I don't know how much utility is in that. There's something about there's something like an excuse there. Oh no, I'll just leave it to the last minute because the excuse is no matter what goes up, so long as it goes up, that's the main thing. So I don't really have to stand over any of my episodes as much as somebody else who painstakingly scripts them all. And that's a good thing because it lets me get in my get out of my own way and it lets me talk about things that I didn't even know that I wanted to talk about. Like this fucking episode, for example. But it, it also excuses a lack of effort, if that makes sense. Oh, you can't hold me accountable for anything that I say in the podcast. Should I just fucking start talking, press record and fucking lash it up? And sure, you know, that's a, that's a cop-out. Now, I don't mean to be fucking overly harsh on myself here, but I think we'll we'll all recognise that. that We'll all recognise a part of that in ourselves, I'd say. And again, it's another reason why I think people listen, is because there has to be some sort of a similarity between the type of person that I am and the type of person that you are. Openness to experience is the personality trait that interests me in all these different interests. Somebody who's low in the personality trait, openness to experience, won't like my podcast. They especially won't like this episode. 
Because what they'll say is, Jesus Christ, can this cunt not talk about something? Instead of fucking going from A to D to C to B to Z to 4 to 11 to 2. Fucking hell. Like That lad needs a fucking pill four times a day or something. Or solitary confinement. Or he needs to be put away or something. He's a dangerous cunt, that fella. He's fucking mental. <laughs> and maybe I am talking away to use cunts here in my fridge. So that's on my to-do list to make a note, or sorry, a list of the main component parts of what make up what I endlessly rabbit on on the podcast. And I could really do your do with your help on this. And if you're that way inclined to give me a bit of a dig out and you think that I endlessly talk about something that I didn't mention explicitly in this episode, or if you can take the time to jot down the two or three things that you like hearing me talk about, You'll get me on 089 60 47 888. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon.